This is Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, the delightful Desi. That's just because I... <laughs> Hello, how are you today, Al? I'm excellent, <laughs> excellent. That's just because you just what? That's because I just dissed you right before we got oh. into this, and you were all like, I'm just getting into this to shut her up. <laughs> <laughs> if I wanted to shut you up, I wouldn't put a microphone in front of you. <laughs> you got a very good point. You win this round this one time. I win, I win, and it's on recording. Al won. <laughs> Desiree one hundred and fifty-six thousand eight hundred twenty-nine. We don't need to know. The exact number. I'm sorry. I keep track. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love you. Anyway, I'm going to jump right into my story. You're going to jump right into it? Is there a like a hula hoop hmm. or a hoop? Or Maybe you could fire? jump into it, but probably not. Is it on if, fire? Is if it something's like on pool? fire, you might jump into it. Why would I jump into something on fire? Uh, not the thing's not on fire. Anyway, is it a pool? There's, um, I like the, the country of Switzerland. Switzerland. It's known for a lot of things. Hey, I have ancestry from Switzerland. It is, you know, they're they were neutral for World War II. There's a lot of banking there because that they were neutral. To explain for World why War I like II. to play neutral over a lot of things. Probably. But I will hold my ground when, when I know I'm right. <laughs> there is one th- one other thing that they lead the world in. Mountains and yodeling. I mean, maybe yodeling. Mountains, I suppose. The whistling in the mountains to communicate with other people. How about the fact that there's enough nuclear fallout shelters to to um, accommodate the entire population of the country plus some? I bet because I have a lot of ancestry. I'm like, okay, I'm more Polish than anything. Mm-hmm. But that's probably like right up in there. I bet I could get into Switzerland. Yeah. I don't know what you would do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Swiss the Swiss spend uh more money than almost any other nation. Uh, almost 20 almost 20% of their budget goes to ensuring the safety of their people. Wow. That's really nice of a country to ensure the safety mm-hmm. of its people. It is a legal requirement that every inhabitant must have a protected place that can be reached quickly from his place of residence. Apartment block owners are required to construct and fit out shelters in all new dwellings. Um, did th- this start with the Cold War? This, can I ask? Yeah, this did start know? in uh, early early 1960s. Okay, so it's passed. right around the Cold War yeah. era. Yep. A little bit after it, but it's right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the that's crazy. All, most buildings that have been constructed since 1960 were constru- are constructed with a fallout shelter. That's crazy. I mean, that's good. In uh, but in 2006, there were 300,000 shelters in Switzerland. 2006. In 2006. Okay, and now they have. I don't know. This was 2006. There so were they only have, sure they have about 300,000 people. No, in but a follow a, a follow shelter is not going to accommodate one person. They ha- said they that actually- it'll accommodate everyone plus. Yes, and and it will because there are also 
5,100 public mass shelters. No one ever said I was good at math. Okay, Alan? <laughs> you just let me finish. No. Let me finish. I'm talking. They can. Uh, they have protection for 8.6 million individuals. Holy bucket! Which is about 114% of their uh, population. I need to be made out of money so I can like reserve one of those, but I would never get there fast enough. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of hoping when we were pulling out some of the paneling in our basement. That we'd find something? That we would find something because the guy who built this house, he built this house and yeah. he was a carpenter. And I was like, you know what? This was built in the 50s, early 50s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if we pull out one of these walls. Yeah. Although I'm still waiting for that other wall in the front yard. Yeah, who knows? Could fingers be crossed. There. Fingers crossed. The uh, the the two closest uh, countries to rivaling their uh, fallout shelters would be Finland and Sweden, with eighty one percent of the population and seventy percent of the population being covered in both those cases. So, Sweden's the only one, or Switzerland's the only one that can in- house their entire population. Thought that was kind of that's cool. crazy. I just thought that's insane. Like, I mean, it makes like. It just made sense Sweden, to me. Like or Sw- Switzerland. Sw- Switzerland has the most. Sweden. To house all of theirs. Sweden actually has the second most. Okay. They can't quite house everybody. You said but, Sweden could house everybody. That's yeah, why I had to ask. Switzerland can house everybody. Sweden, not quite. Okay. I just wanted clarification there. All right. That is my first story. That's kind of cool. I like that. I want a fallout shelter. I and not even cool. to have a fallout shelter, it'd be like... A man room, except it wouldn't be a man room. Mm-hmm. It'd be a drinking room. <laughs> <laughs> Most, uh, a lot of people in Switzerland use it for storage because uh, you can use your shelter for whatever well, you want yeah. as long as it can accommodate people. So a lot of people use it for storage or as like a wine cellar or Ooh, things like that. What, what better than, oh my God, my dad has a fallout shelter. I should show you that one time. I've never seen that. I forgot all about that. It's like the perfect tornado scenario. If there was yeah. a tornado, you know you're fine there. You're living there. If the house rips off the roof, you're fine there. Cool. You're going to live because it's one big cement room. Yeah. One big cement room. Even the ceiling, cement. It ain't going anywhere. And there's a vent. So that's you can cool. breathe. Yeah, that's good. Breathing so. is always a good thing. And the vents in the corner, because the tornadoes always come from like the southeast, right? Southwest. But the vent is in that corner. Mm. It's got to be the south. I'm trying to think north, northeast. It's in the southeast corner because er, the wind comes from the east, right? West. West. So if it blows that way, the debris. Anyways, it's in a spot. Whoever constructed it knew cool. knew what they were doing because there is a vent. So That's cool, cool, cool. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> thinking of being in lost and trapped and not really, but anyways, um, my first story I had found this quite some time ago, and I just wanted to kind of research it a little, not really research it. It was a longer story, and just in case I needed to research it, I kind of pushed it off. Mm-hmm. Um. Lost in Panama, The Unexplained Mystery of Chris Kramers and Lizanne Floon. Hmm. They're from uh, Norway or okay. the Netherlands. So, <laughs> that's so funny. I'm so, I, that's not funny. I, 
I was going to say, I don't know if you saw my facial no, expression when you said that. There's like, a U- what? There's this couple of YouTubers that I, I watch, and one of the big jokes, one of the guys is from the Netherlands, but the other guy always says, hey, you're from Norway. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I corrected myself. I know, but They're it's just, from it's Holland. Just funny. If nobody funny. understands the Netherlands, because yeah. that could be confusing. <laughs> so, um... These two, they went on a brief hike near a mountain resort in Panama in 2014, and they never came back. Um, what followed is still shocking and still an unexplained story. Okay. So this is kind of one of those unexplained mysteries mm-hmm. that we would see on TV way back when, except this is 2014. Mm-hmm. So they went there as students um, to kind of study the learn fluent Spanish, okay. and also they were to serve as volunteer social workers, except they showed up a week too early, so Ooh. school wasn't in session. Okay, The people there didn't seem happy that they were there early because this was a planned thing, Okay, but it seemed like there was some sort of miscommunication of when it should have started, mm-hmm. so regardless of that. Maybe they should have learned some... Spanish before they went? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the school that they went to, the college or whatever, was the one that was setting this up. So it wasn't like they were the only two that were going to be there. This is a school type. Like a whole group of people. A college type environment thing. Like a Peace Corps, maybe. Yep. Yep. So they decided to go on a hike on April 1st of 2014. Um, Witnesses say that Chris and Lizanne left the trailhead just north of Boquette um, at about 10 o'clock on a sunny Tuesday morning. And they were dressed in light clothing and they were, and with only Lizanne's small backpack to share between them. Um, thanks to phones recovered from a camera later found in the same backpack, we know the women made fairly good time up to the Meridor, Meridor, I'm assuming. Okay. Um, they're smiling and they're seen to be enjoying themselves in these images. And there is no indication of a third party being with them because even like the selfie, they show a picture, mm-hmm. you can see her arm yeah. is holding it, the phone up. Um, so the geographical features visible in the last few pictures indicate that by mid afternoon, the women had left the, there's a lot of words that I have a hard time with. Pensada and perhaps accidentally crossed over to the other side of a divine. Okay. So into a different territory mm-hmm. than they should have been. Um, the last images suggest them wandering off into onto a network of trails not mentioned by rangers or guides um, affiliated with the Beru um, National Park. So they okay. went into an area. So somewhere they shouldn't be. Well, it's not that they shouldn't be, but it's not somewhere... If you're not custom to an area, mm-hmm. yeah, shouldn't veer off the path. No, you shouldn't. Because so, not only, I, when, I, when I say somewhere they shouldn't be, somewhere they people aren't going to look for them probably exactly. if something happens. Exactly. So um, the girls go missing. What began as a touristic height soon became a tragedy. The girls who enjoyed their expedition um, posed for pictures, posed for pictures, we're calling for help a couple hours later. Hmm. Um, the first distress call that had been made just a few hours began 
beginning their hike. Um, it was around 439, and shortly after that, from Frone's Samsung Galaxy, it was 451. So none of the calls had gone through due to the lack of reception in the area. Makes sense. Except for one 911 call that attempted on April 3rd that lasted for a little over a second before breaking up. That's not good. No. A nine, the one call that goes through is a 911 call. That's something bad happened. Mm-hmm. I think they were lost. Yeah. Is more or less what happened. Um, after April 5th, Froon's phone battery became exhausted after 5 o'clock and was not used again. And then Kramer's iPhone would not make any more calls either, but was intermittently turned on to search for a reception. Um, after April 6th, multiple attempts of a false PIN code were entered into the iPhone. Somebody got the phone. Mm-hmm. And it never received the correct code again. So one report showed that between the 7th and 10th of April, there were 77 emergency call attempts from the iPhone on April 11th. And the phone was turned on at 10.51 and turned off for the last time at 11.56. So hmm. who knows if the other girl got the phone and was trying to get into it yeah, and could That could be. Who knows what happened. Yeah. Um Sad. So nine weeks later, in mid-June, uh, Lizanne's pack was brought to authorities by a Nugban woman okay. who claimed to have found it on a riverbank near the village of Alto Romero in the Boca del Toro's uh, region, about 12 hours by foot from the Continental Divine. Okay. So the discovery of the backpack prompted a renewed uh, renewed search by the August of Nagbo and helped authorities locate about two handfuls of bone fragments. Oh. So all found along the shore of the Rio Calbera or the River of the Serpent. DNA tests uh, were positive and also thickened the plot because not only did they find those two DNAs in there, or three mm-hmm. others in there. Mm-hmm. So there were. So we might not be looking at some lost people here. It could be some something sinister going on. Something we don't know. No, of course, so, you don't know, but but um, the evidence was sufficient to make a positive DNA match to the victims, and um, there was not enough remains for the examiners to render the. Con- the conclusive verdict of the cause of death. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from the bras in the backpack and one of Luisa's boots with her foot and ankle bone still inside it. In the backpack? In her boot. Oh, okay. I thought maybe backpack the boot was in the backpack. The backpack okay. and the boot okay. was found. There was very other, little other clothing that was ever found. Um, one of Chris's empty boots was also recovered. And there was denim shorts, which were allegedly zipped and folded on a high rock above the waterline near the headwaters of the Colbera. So that's kind of a little bit weird. Hmm. Um, that is weird. It is. And that was about a mile and a half upstream from where the backpack was found. Okay. And the remains. Um, my had so few remains been found. Um, there are no... Why there were no marks on the bones? Why did the presence of other humans remain? Mm-hmm. 
this show is, up. Yeah, I mean, it's really story. weird. Um, there was like on the phone when they had the phone, they turned it on with the SIM card. They were able to gather pictures on there. Um, the last photo taken of the girls, it's a girl, it, they're on this path and they were like, they're on a path that they shouldn't be on. Mm-hmm. And that last photo is one of the girls looking back at the camera. After hmm. that, there they said there were a bunch of strange photographs um, in the dark. And I know that the printer needs new ink. That's not the best. But there are at least 90 photos from the camera were taken in complete darkness 10 days after they Weird. disappeared. Um, someone took 90 photos between 1 and 4 a.m. And that was... That's one photo taken every two minutes. Just three of the 90 pictures um, taken on the 8th of April retrieved from the memory card by the Dutch Forensic uh, Medicine Institute. Hmm. So it's a number of clear pictures of the girls followed by some strange images. Hmm. That's weird. But it's, it's weird. And then to find the bone fragments and not even have all of, anything Mm -hmm. in whole and not know like what happened and there's three other people it's some indigenous tribe of people who've never seen a phone before and they were just like cool (laughs) well i was kind of shocked like how did someone's face not get on there that wasn't them yeah that is kind of yeah because if it's indigenous indigenous people was it only one person i'm assuming then because that's I, I really have no idea, obviously, but that's creepy. Really it is creepy. creepy. Like any story about people wandering off in a foreign land scare me. Like that. Well, yeah. Me. I mean, we even live in this state. Mm-hmm. We know our state, but at the same time, if we're in the wilderness, oh, you could get lost for sure. You could definitely get lost. And the one thing about walking in the woods. You walk in circles and you don't even realize you're yep. walking oh, in circles unless you know how to identify the moss and yep. that it grows only on the north side of the tree yep. and things like that. If you are not accustomed to stuff like that, and who knows mm-hmm. where they're at in Panama, is there moss on the trees? I mean, what are their little cues to yep. go, hey, I've been walking in circles. Yep. So, yeah, no, never veer off the path if unless you are extremely accustomed to that area. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Those poor girls. Yeah, I agree. I'm when you started the story, I do have to say I'm glad they found the remains. I think that's it, a, that there's at least some closure for the families and stuff like that, instead of them just being missing for the end of time. And well, then you before, always think, you know, well what if they come back? Maybe they just you know went living with this tribe of yeah, people in the like, middle of nowhere. They were kidnapped and they are now slaves to this tribe of people. I mean, those are things that were going through my head until I came across the bone fragments in the story. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of sad because mm-hmm. they're young. You never know if they're like, hey, this is kind of cool. We could live here with these people. And then we could, you know, years later and be like, hey, here's our story. Mm-hmm. You never know what goes through people's heads. Yep. All right, I am going to talk a little bit about something from a different culture for sure. A different culture, okay. And we're gonna we're gonna go to Japan. Japan's cool. Yeah, I like Japan. You have to slurp your soup there. You do. You do. It's otherwise it's an insult to the chef. It is. 
Um, did you know that adoption is really popular in Japan? I had no idea. 90% of adoptions in Japan are males between the age of 20 and 30 years old. What? What? Wait, 20 and 30 are males that are adopted? Yes, males that are adopted. What? What? Starting in the 1300s, and it went really strong until about 1600, and then it kind of went away until the last 100 years or so when it's now really popular again. What? In in Japan, especially, you know, the history of it is a little different. The history of it was wanting to... Um, you wanting to have a larger family for a better reputation in your society. Um, so they would adopt male. Um, Who lost father figures? Yeah, things like that. Okay, okay. I'm just like, what? That's not the case now. Now it's still extremely popular now. And the law in Japan is you can adopt anybody as long as they're at least one day younger than you. What? <laughs> and this is a legal adoption and it is for purpose... Of money, money is a big uh, a, a big uh, inheritance, and money is a big factor. But also, uh, their birth rate isn't real high. There's a lot of older people who are financially well off who've got no 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 children and would like to see their family name carried on. So oh. you adopt somebody, an adult, but they take your surname, and then your name gets to live on. Um, some of the longest running companies, like family owned companies in Japan. Have, you know, there's family-owned companies that have been in the same family for 200 years, but it's not necessarily the same family because they've just adopted sons, g- given them their name, and now it stays in the family. But it's not their family. Uh, they didn't grow to up with them. Japanese culture no. says it is your family. Uh, I know, <laughs> I know, legally, <laughs> legally, blah, blah, blah. But you didn't live with these people and you didn't know them through and through, like. I I understand. I, it's definitely <sighs> weird. It's 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 different. Like I I get the whole. You want to have a family, blah blah blah. But you just met this family a year ago. Mm-hmm. It to is, me, that's not. That is the second most popular reason adults get adopted in Japan. That is crazy. What's the first? The most popular reason adults get adopted in Japan is gay marriage is illegal. Okay. And you want to be able to leave your stuff to your spouse. You want them to be able to be at the hospital if you are dying on your deathbed. Aww. And the only way to guarantee that is to adopt them so you are because family. Because you're family and it's Mexican. Yes. Okay. So that, that makes more sense. I understand that. That makes a lot more sense. But the the other, I don't understand the culture thing because it's not something I grew up with and wanting to you know, the importance of my name carrying on. I don't have that. And okay, but I a lot of cultures have the importance no, of the name, so I, I get that, but I don't I don't get the whole if you wanted your name carried on and, and maybe there was some tragedy I don't know. But if you wanted your name carried on, wouldn't you have adopted some child? Adopted a at child some at some point. point? <laughs> I don't want kids. I just want I want an adult. <laughs> or wouldn't you adopt somebody that it was your friend's kid, but you knew him, you were like the uncle type thing? Oh, yeah. I you, could see stuff like that, but why would you want some... I don't know. Like, I don't know. I can't judge because in reading I about don't this, know there, how it's really done. In reading but, about this, there are a lot of situations where it's literally, you know, 
I'm going to put out an ad. I'm looking for a son. See that? No. And I'm going to interview applicants and find single the, white female. <laughs> find the best, Get the best person for the job. Child. <laughs> no. I no. mean, if you're I if just, you are a rich Japanese that. family looking for a son, I guess. I <laughs> well, we're moving to Japan, and I'm going to answer one of those, and I'll be like, Alan, Alan Shrek would be the best because he's like an onion. Yeah. <laughs> he has many layers. Yeah. Anyway, adult adoption in Japan. I thought it was very intriguing. That's that's crazy. It's I get half of it. The other half, I can understand half the reasonings, but some of them, no, mm-hmm. just no. I have a hard time with that. But hey, it's not my life. Not yep. my life. So I thought I was really interested in the fact that by law you can adopt anybody as long as they're one day uh, younger than you. I'm like, that's weird. That is weird. (laughs) Hopefully it's like their lifelong best friend or something. Yeah, hopefully. So, and then they are like family. That I can maybe understand. But anyways, so my next story, um, it's actually from China. Okay. So we're over in that region. Yeah. Uh, Doctors retrieve spoon from the man's esophagus a year after he swallowed it. Oh, my God. One year. A one, year. One. One year. <sighs> so a man in China had a steel spoon lodged in his esophagus for a year, but surprisingly, he half-swallowed, uh, the half-swallowed utensil didn't cause too much discomfort. Oh, you got to be so kidding me. He lived me. with it for a year. Uh, the man identified only as Mr. Zhang, Swallowed the spoon on a dare in 2017, and it promptly got stuck in the narrow tube connecting his mouth and stomach. Um, a now, representative. Now I'm surprised this guy's not from Florida. But <laughs> go on. <laughs> Maybe he's in an area that's like Florida. Maybe. I don't know. So representatives from the hospital said in a statement, months passed, but the irritation wasn't serious enough to prompt the man to seek medical attention. That all changed last week, however, when he began experience chest pains after having difficulty breathing after being punched in the chest. Oh, my God. What is going on with this guy? This guy needs some help. Clearly, because on a dare, he swallowed a spoon, and now he's being ch- punched in the chest. Like I bet he has a TikTok channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, it though. It sounds like something people like that would do. It's crazy. So three doctors performed the procedure to remove the spoon. Uh, two hours later, the spoon, which measured about eight inches long, Holy cow. was removed. Uh, they determined the object could be life-threatening unless it was removed immediately. And they extracted the spoon through his mouth using a pair of forceps, according to the hospital representative. Okay. That so, sounds like how you'd get it out. <laughs> This is what I kind of found funny following, because this is in the article, too. Uh, People often swallow things that they shouldn't, such as lighters, dentures, and garden (laughs) slugs. Dentures? How does a denture fall down? I don't know. Like, ow. Yeah. Aren't they big? I don't don't know. Anyways, but examples (laughs) such as these, along with the wayward spoon... May represent accidents or temporary lapses of judgment. Yeah, just, I think it's more than a temporary lapse of judgment if you, you know, swallowed the spoon and then a year later, well, I just got punched in the oh. chest. And- oh, I don't know. Temporary? Yeah, maybe more. Yeah. 
Because, however, sometimes people repeatedly gulp down objects that they could hard them, harm them. There was one man, a 42-year-old man, deliberately swallowed 40 knives. Okay, I mean, there's a sword swallowing is a thing. No, like. no, 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 no. They were like Swiss Army knives. Some okay, folded, that's some dumb. not. <laughs> that's um, dumb. But he claimed he liked the taste of them. Oh, my God. So it's like that lady who liked the taste of her mattress. Ugh. People are weird. Following his surgery, Zhang was resting comfortably. Doctors expected him to be just discharged within two days, hopefully a little wiser after this ordeal. I have this feeling that will not be the case because I no, have a I, feeling he's getting money off of this kind of stuff. I'm guessing he'll do something else stupid and end up in the hospital for it. Or die. Or die, yes. <laughs> Swallow a spoon. That's insane. It was on Absolutely a dare. insane. Yeah. Well, it's got to be okay if it's on a dare, right? Well, I wonder how much he got for it. I don't know. Not enough, I'm sure. Or not. Well, then again, we're, you know, talking a country who doesn't have to worry about health care, so, like the rest of the world, so. But he didn't go in. No, but eventually he had to. A year later. Yeah. So if they had health care, how did he, whatever. He's just an idiot. He is an idiot. Mr. Zhang, shame on you. Yes, yes. My final story is about a fun little game. Fun little game? Are we going to play? No, we're not going to play. It's a video game anyway. Oh. A video game you might know. I'm, I, I, it would surprise me if you've never played it. Okay. I, don't, I haven't played a lot. Have you ever played Minesweeper? No. You've never played Minesweeper? My brother used to, but no. So you're familiar with Minesweeper? No. Okay. There was well, something with numbers and, yeah, and you, mine bombs. And, you have a grid and you pick spots on the grid and... You pick a spot and it'll have a number and that tells you how many bombs are touching that. And you try to make sure you don't. I have no clue. My brother used to play it. I remember seeing it. Mm-hmm. Well, but it, it, it's been fairly popular. It's been on every version of Windows since 1992. It comes with the, the operating system. So it's on every computer you have. I don't um, even think I was living at my parents' house when my brother played it. I think it was just on the screen. Mm-hmm. When I went in there to go use the internet for whatever reason, because okay. I, mean, I didn't have internet nothing, at the time. I, I'm not a really big fan of it. I've only played it a couple of times because it was like one this of the games like that came with your computer. Ago, so, 20 you years know. ago. Yeah, like I said, it, it came out in 1992. Uh, and it's been on every Windows release since, including the computer we're looking at now. Um, oh, I should down that. It was about 10 years ago. <laughs> anyway. Oh um, it had a major, major redesign um during windows vista the vista version that of was short-lived that was, it was very short-lived, short-lived. Yeah. <laughs> uh the reason it had a redesign is because there was a little bit of controversy following the game okay they were getting a lot of complaints from areas of the world that have serious problems with landmines like syria and bosnia yeah North, or, wait, South maybe Korea, not Syria, but Bosnia. South Korea. South Korea. Um, so what they did was they made a, another version of the game called the Flower Game. And if you happened to be located in an area that was known for having landmines, it would automatically, instead of installing Minesweeper, it would install the Flower Game. It was the same game, except instead of a mine, a flower popped up. I'm not sure what the point is like i get it you gotta be i never played the game so i don't know what would happen if you lost if you if you picked a mine you lost game was over it was just over yep start over 
So if you picked a flower, it was just over. Yep. Save the bees. Yep. Yep. So I, I just thought it was interesting. This this game that I've that has been on every computer I've ever owned, except for the Mac I had. Um, I thought it was kind of a neat little history that they had to actually change a. And the fact that they the game came out in 1992 and they didn't create a new version until Vista. Vista came out in 2007. I have no idea. That's like a long time without changing the, the game. So I thought it was, I don't know, maybe not super interesting, but I was kind of interested. It's kind of interesting. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Well, my last story, it's kind of a, if you want to go see it, go see it. Otherwise, it's kind of a history type of a story. But okay. I like history. It's going to be a, a link to a video, so nobody actually has to read it. Mm. It's my kind of story. Videos. I was so mad. Before you go, before you go, before you go. I was so mad. I was, I found this virtual tour I wanted to take. And after we talked about uh, virtually touring Disney in the past. Okay. I thought this would be really cool. And it was like this really famous haunted place. And you could do a virtual tour. And I went to the website. And you had to pay $8 for a virtual tour. Stupid. (laughs) Didn't do that. (laughs) That's because it's probably $8 to visit it there. Yeah, and they're closed right now, so that's how they're making money. Oh, that's crazy. Um, Well, mine is ancient windmills still used today. So Ancient windmills. They're over 1,000 years old. Whoa. So if you are on the video you can see the windmills there they are definitely old um in korsham uh province northern iran northeast part of it okay they're used for milling grain is Hmm. more or less what they're used for nowadays and that's what they were created for um well that wasn't what they were created for part of what they were created for so okay what makes the NAFAM ancient windmills unique is that they are still used today over a thousand years old. And this area has strong winds as a natural earth an- element. Okay. So the people a thousand years ago, they took that element and uh, they're hey, like, let's, hey, let's, what let's should use we this. do? But it wasn't only that. It was to help. It's like trees. If there's no trees in the area, trees help stop the wind, mm-hmm. block the wind. Well, the mills were used for that too. Okay, so they used to not only power things with the wind but they block the wind and they blocked it they built the mills on top of a hill overlooking the village designed to protect the village from the powerful winds Hmm. so that's really cool they're made of clay straw and wood and they are over a thousand thousand years years old clay straw, and still being used to this day how crazy crazy. is that that's crazy so that's things like that are like not what bum me out but it's like it's what i don't like about here about digging into history here you're never going to run into a 2000 old structure year old structure here because there was nobody here <laughs> there were people here I, well th- not build there, there weren't people building communities here like there were like there is in europe and uh, well the Middle they were East but we like destroyed that. them all. well yeah exactly exactly there is not a a, a, a history you can still see here. maybe if you and go that's what I don't like. to uh Places like in very northern Canada or yeah. very northern Alaska, or if you go to like the Yucatan Peninsula where I climbed the the Mayan pyramid. Yeah, th- no, that that kind of stuff I'd love to see. We're we're still talking, you know, thousands of miles away. 
Well, I climbed them. I know you did. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. But yes, for as for the United States, no, it's there's kind of a, nothing here. Everything's fairly new. It's that's what that's why I've always wanted to travel to Europe because I want to see old. I think just been, always been just look in the mirror. <sighs> <laughs> You're only middle aged. Yeah. Um. So right now, though. And maybe this is already past that because this is a little bit older of an article. Um, there's one last person who resides in uh, Nash Tiffon Tiffem from a generation who kept the secret of the ancient art and passed it on to the next generation. They have no children Aww. or anyone to pass it on. None of the village people want to learn about Maybe this. some Japanese adult wants to be adopted. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be quite interesting because the cultures are different. Way different. Way different. different. Um. So no one's shown interest in this. So hopefully somebody does become an apprenticeship. Well, for hopefully, it because yeah. That's so it can go on. You don't want like, something that's been been maintained for a thousand years. All of a sudden, it's got to stop because nobody wants to do it anymore. Nowadays, with technology, nobody yeah. wants to do it. Yeah, I can understand that too. So it's kind of sad in a weird roundabout way. It is, and and the secrets that kind of keep it going and protected and still running to this day could be lost. How sad would that that be? That would be sad. I will have to check out that video for sure because I'm intrigued. It's not a very long video, but it's enough for you to kind of learn and go, aw. And when you're done watching that video, you should go to your favorite email client and send an email to outlandishoutcasts at (laughs) gmail.com. Let us know how you liked it. Yeah. So it's very rare I use a video for a story. But sometimes when I see things that I I find interesting, it's just you get more information from the video. I definitely use videos as some of my research. Never like the main backdrop of what I'm looking at, but I'll research things on the side, you know, that go along with what I'm talking about through video for sure. I didn't find this initially off of a video. I came across the video at some point trying to research it, and Mm -hmm. I went, you know what? I think it was National Geographic. I don't have the website on here. I have Mm -hmm. it saved on my page in there. National Geographic. They had more information on it than I found what I was originally looking at. Yep, nothing wrong with a good video. So, but it it was interesting. It is people talking in their own language, and you have to read it. So it's a video and you have to read? Well, I don't know about hey, this. Hey, I was writing it all down <laughs> as I was reading it. That was complicated. Yes. If I can do that, you can watch it and read it. Yes. Cool, cool, it's cool. It's all good. Cool, cool. Well, if you, like I said, if you do um, watch the video and you're interested, or if you have any other comments you'd like to give us, send us an email at outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. I like emails. I like to read emails. Otherwise, you can go to Facebook and leave us a comment. Or message us or like our page or share, share, share. Yeah, if you like Facebook. If you don't, you can go to Twitter. I didn't even get, I didn't, yeah, I didn't finish Sorry. at Outlandish, Outlandish Outcast Podcasts. We are on Twitter at Outlandish Casts. Or Instagram, you can come follow us there at Outlandish Outcasts. Or give us a rating and review in whatever application you are listening to this show on. Just remember to only critique Alan because he needs it more than me. I don't need anything. <laughs> All I need is you, Desi. Aww. <laughs> and with that, have a great week, everyone. Mm-hmm.
Bye. Bye.